When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, host of your post-game show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you for hanging out with us in the chat. We already got 11 likes. Uh, why not get it a little bit higher, folks? Come on. I mean, the White Sox leader last year in home runs was 17. So I, I would at least like to get to 17. Higher would be... Uh, you know, uh, just the cherry on top. And uh, we appreciate everyone hanging out with us in the chat. Make sure you are subscribing to the YouTube channel, uh, liking the video, of course, subscribing in all of our uh, uh, podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I'll give a rating if it feels so kind. This is not your usual CHGO White Sox crew. We got four people. I'm the math guy. That is Vinny Duber in the yellow shirt. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. This is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox Might community leader. Thumbs down me. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's okay. We'll, 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 we'll introduce Mike Rankin. Okay. Uh, and, and we'll get it back? Yeah, we'll get it back. All right. Uh, Mike Rankin is the lead editor and the host of the Future Sox podcast over at Future Sox. It's a good title for the Future Sox podcast, you know? Really I appreciate apt. that, Sean. That's very accurate. Um, yes. Welcome, Mike. That's what your, I do. Your second time here. Uh, excited yeah. to have you back for the post game. We are coming to you live after a White Sox loser. 3-1 to one to the Minnesota Twins. They fall to 5-8 and eight on the year, and they have not won a series yet in 2023 and in Pedro Grifols' tenure. Mike, what have you made of Pedro Grifols' 2023 baseball? It's been a while. Maybe let's start with Pedro Grifols. Um what do you made of the 2023 Sox? Another losing series here. I appreciate you guys having me on, Vinny. It's good to see you again. Herm, always good to see you. Sean, mm-hmm. thank you. What do they say? Three is a crowd, but four is a party. So, I mean, let's do this thing. Pedro Grofrol, <laughs> to this point, uh, to me, is exactly what I was hoping for. He's just a guy who manages a ball club. And I'll tell you this. In the offseason, I bought into the messaging. Is it? Accountability on the players, you got to up the ante a little bit in terms of trying to get the most out of their day-to-day. But then I watched the in-game tendencies, guys, and I'm starting to notice that he's making bullpen changes in the middle of an inning when you need him to, and there's a big spots, and he's not afraid to use multiple arms in singular innings, which you know I haven't been necessarily used to over the last couple of years. And he's also in favor of matchups. So, so far, I think the message is right, we just got to see the players start clicking a little bit. Here's the thing about today's game. It's kind of a microcosm of what I've experienced so far this year is that, you know, the pitching staff was great, you know, to a point. Offense has been slow over the last couple of days. The offense was hitting pretty well at the start of the season, and the pitching was a little inconsistent. So as things come together, hopefully the White Sox can put together a complete performance, and that carries them throughout the year. So, I mean, overall, I can't complain about Pedro Grifol. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm optimistic. The offense, though, I mean, we, we've talked about it pre-show. Uh, not a lot of hits today, not a lot of hits yesterday, and uh, they, they did it all right on Monday. Listen, I don't think anything can uh, be a better example of the they've played 13 games to this point uh, fact than what, was, what were we talking about after that Houston series and that San Francisco series is, is the offense is looking all right, right? 
the pitching, you know, the pitching was good in Houston. Then the pitching wasn't good uh, against San Francisco. Wasn't very good against Pittsburgh. But then on Sunday, Michael Kopech with a nice outing turns it around. Now all of a sudden the pitching's good. But although the, the hitting was okay, then it was not great. Now it was good again. Now it's bad again. You need, you need to let this thing breathe a little bit before we start noticing trends. Otherwise, we're just going to be reacting to one or two games at a time, and it's going to drive you absolutely insane. Uh, I guess the idea is that it wouldn't drive you insane because nothing would be bad, but uh, that's not always how it works in a baseball season. But, yeah, last two days, the offense didn't come to play. And, uh, listen, we're going to talk uh, all about how the defense just fell off a cliff going on, going up to Minnesota. The last three days, ugly, ugly play in the field, uh, plays that – that changed the game in, in basically every single situation where the White Sox made an error or made a miscue in the field. It led to a run scoring, and it led to them losing, with the exception of Monday when they won. Uh, but it led to an injury on that day. Um, but, hey, you're not going to win ball games if you're only getting four or five hits, and, and, and that's, that really is the bottom line. Uh, Sean, you brought up before the show started, we were talking, it really seems like they're in – Pitching is good, offense is bad. Offense is good, pitching is bad kind of uh, mode right now, and it was a lot of, uh, of last year. That's a lot of what happened last year. Um, I guess it's just looking for consistency at this point from really all sides of the ball. I think you can point to Lucas Giolito having a good day, really good day today. Basically every starter now has had a good start in, in mostly three tries, obviously only two for Clevenger and Kopech so far. But um, the rotation that was at this time last week, sky is falling because of the mm-hmm. rotation. What is wrong with the rotation? All of a sudden now looking better as you add a little bit more data to, to that uh, to that sample size. And if I may, just throw this in there, and I'll ask you, Herb, mm-hmm. do you notice anything about the way Grafol is managing his starters? Because it seems to me he's letting them ride a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Lucas Giolito went back off of the six with 90 pitches and it finished with 108, and he looked good for the most part all day long. And I don't know if somebody else, if Tony last year allows Lu- Lucas get into that six, he looked good and he looked fresh and to give him that faith. And I, if, even if Gafal would have taken Lucas out after the fifth inning at 90 pitches, I would have understood there too, because you have an off day tomorrow. You can have all the bullpen arms you want out there because of said off day. And then I can be like, okay, I get it. You want to get Lucas out on a good note, five innings with the, only the one earned to give up. That's all good. Um, but the fact that he let him go back out there and dominate makes me feel good about it. And uh, I don't know if he's getting counsel. Of course, he's getting counsel from Ethan Katzer and uh, all the rest of the pitchers like Kirk Hasler, the bullpen coach. But it's good to see that the guy is trusting his play pitchers and good to see Lucas, Lucas Giolito bouncing back big time after he was supposed to be DFA'd last week. I mean, sorry. That's from the fans, not from me. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's early. And, and like Vinny said, I thought, uh, you know, a good point. Uh, you can't be reacting to singular games, right? You know, I mean, today is a completely different day because this offense and lineup will look completely different for, for this Orioles uh, series, hopefully. Uh, what I do want to ask, because uh, Pedro Grafal did mention earlier today that Aloy Jimenez will likely be reinstated when, you know, it, the, his 10, 15 days are, are up. Um, and it seems like Yuan Moncada will become, like we said yesterday, day-to-day uh, starting with Friday uh, for that Orioles game. So we'll see uh, if he is in the lineup on Friday. What, though, is a bigger issue with T.A., Yohan, and Aloy being out? Like, or, or what's a bigger sign? The defensive issues that we've seen or the offensive issues that we saw in this twin series? Like, what, what's the bigger, you know, the injuries cause the defensive or the offensive? I mean, I think both is... Both are true. Both true. are applicable there. I would lean offense because one of the three guys that they're missing is a DH, uh, you know, so I would lean toward the offense. You know, the, the, the graphic that flashed at the beginning of the show was, where's the offense? What's happened to the offense? It's over there, sitting on the injured <laughs> list and, and sitting, if you're Yohan Moncada, just sitting out with a sore back. Um, those are arguably the three best hitters on this team. Luis Robert Jr. probably deserves some, some nod in there, too, to be part of a, a fab four, if you will. But uh, those three guys, you take them out of the lineup, a 30-year lineup, and a, an important 30-year lineup, uh, the production is, you would imagine, will fall off, and that's exactly what's happened. Um, but the defense, is it's right up there with it because who's the guy that uh, has been – the goat of the week in the in the field that would be Hanser Alberto, probably not playing at all this week in Minnesota if Yoan Moncada can go. So 
you know, you've got uh, uh, the two plays that he made in the game on Monday or the two plays that he didn't make in the game on Monday, and then the error that led to direct, directly led to the winning run score last night. Uh, those are Alberto's fault, and he's probably not playing if Moncada is healthy. Tim Anderson gets hurt on a defensive mistake. Um, not a lot of moving around there that led directly that I can think of to any problems. Um, Elvis Andres made an error on Monday, but it was at second base before Tim mm-hmm. came out of the game. Then you got to look at Gavin Sheets, who had a few bad plays this week. Um, I guess you could point to right field. Maybe Aloy Jimenez is the right fielder. If Colas needs a day off and they want a DH Yaz, which is what looked like it happened today, maybe Aloy gets a little bit of a run in right field. But I really think that the idea today with Gavin playing right field and making that bad play in right field that led to a triple, that led to a run, Gavin's been hitting. And right. you, you, if you're Pedro Grafol, a guy who came into today seven for his first 21, you want to keep his bat in the lineup, especially when your other three guys that you're relying on can't play. Well, when he's seven for 21 and he's three of six lifetime versus Gray, why wouldn't you put him in the lineup? He's, yeah. he's, he sees that guy well. And, you know, that's probably one of the bigger concerns with Gavin um, is, again, in 2022, I don't know if he ever delivered that punch that, you know, we saw in 2021. We saw that that homer, that slug, especially Jose uh, uh, Barrios uh, was that 2020 though I think it was 2020 when he hit that walk off mm-hmm. um, but the issue that we saw with Gavin or 2021 with, with Gavin um, was a lot of going the opposite field but with contact and it's like Gavin you're 6'4 I'd like to see a unload and, and use that power and we still really haven't seen that slug from Gavin because yeah the average is nice 280 that's also his slugging percentage is 280 so a lot of singles so you know I, I would like to see more from Gavin it's it's still Right field is another place where you're not getting good defense and you're not getting power yet. You've only had one home run from Colas. I don't know if we are massively excited about Colas, if he's earned that everyday spot because that was the talk going into spring training. But we see Gavin have a day like that out in right field, and it's I don't know if I want to see much of Gavin out in right field. Yeah, and I think uh, your question, I think the offense has struggled the most. And I know defensive miscues have happened, but you get better players out in uh, the outfield and you cover up the Gavin Sheets triple right there that he gave to the Minnesota Twins player. But tough pitchers yesterday, and I think in that inning where uh, you get Lopez on the ropes in the first inning, having people like Yoan Mancata who can draw a walk, having Aloy Jimenez who can hit a home run, or uh, Tim Anderson to lead that game off and turn the lineup over would be better than the lineup they had yesterday. Lost by one run, 4-3. to three. Today, 3-1. Three to one. I mean, get a home run from uh, Lennon Sosa, he probably wouldn't be here if Tim's not hurt. But I think you get a better uh, effort at the plate versus Sonny Gray today if you have those three guys in there and the defense just takes care of itself. We won't, we won't notice the defense there because those guys would do their thing. So I think not having those guys, you see the direct result of the offense tanking because you saw the, the offense pretty much do its thing up until, what, Sunday versus the Pirates? They were hitting every time, getting multiple 10-hit days, maybe not getting the runs in, but they were hitting. These last couple of days have been ugly because they haven't been hitting, and I know the pitchers have something to do with that Minnesota Twins, but also they had uh, Lopez on the ropes yesterday and really didn't cash in. I'm sure having a tougher at-bat versus Tim, a tougher at-bat versus Joanna, a tougher at-bat by Aloy would have t- fatigued that man, and he wouldn't have went into the eighth inning. Well, I do want to bring up this real quick. We mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of the good hitters being on the IL. One person we didn't mention, we mentioned Luis Robert having a nice series leading the team with five home runs. The first baseman. I know he had a Hmm. a defensive play today that was a little bit tricky. I I wouldn't say it's the easiest play at first base, but I would like to see him make that. He bobbled it. Uh, He bobbled it, right. Um, I I think, you know. It's one thing to just not get the runner at home, you know, but he bobbled it. He didn't even give himself a chance to have a play there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. However, um, you know. It's first base defense. And it it is only 13 games so far. But Andrew Vaughn had great at-bats for Sonny Gray. Um, Walked twice. um, Or walked once. Had a single. Walked twice, twice, I guess? I don't think he... He walked twice and and Zavala walked. So they had three walks today. But uh, Vaughn against Gray. Vaughn against Gray only had two at-bats. He walked and then had a hit against Gray. Oh, first Gray. My point was... We didn't see Sonny Gray. Five innings, 78 pitches. He was great. And Andrew Vaughn's leading off the six. 
And Rocco Baldelli is like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to take out Sonny Gray. So you're just talking about quality of at-bats, and I just wanted to credit uh, Andrew Vaughn because I, I just thought he was phenomenal against Gray today. Um, I thought he was phenomenal against Lopez as well. Um, I'm really liking the way that he is getting on base, leading the team in walks right now, second in extra base hits, and his OPS is 834. It's good. Yeah, well, you guys want to play a little game here? Imagine if he hit home runs. Imagine if he hit home <laughs> runs. Right. No, absolutely. Um, we'll see if that comes. He did, again, lead the team last year in homers. But uh, let's play a little game. Mm-hmm. Jose Abreu's OPS in 2022. Was it higher or lower than 834? 2022? Last yes. year. Pro- uh, I, I lower. would guess lower because he hit a lot of singles. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 824. Mike, in 2021, was Jose Abreu's OPS Higher or lower than 834? Is it lower? It is lower, 831. In his MVP season, Herb, was it higher or lower than 834? It was higher. It was higher. It was 987. Yeah. It was stupid. <laughs> that was easy. In 2019. You, you finally gave me the easy one. Yeah, let's in, go. In 2019, <laughs> all-star year, was it higher or lower than 834? Higher. It was 834. Okay. So, just saying, Andrew Vaughn right now is so far replace the first baseman uh, offensively. Sean, uh, we need more like, of I'd you. like to see that more defensively. Thir- 13, game? 13 games? It's 13 games, okay. but I mean, I, again, I mean, again, he led the team last year in home runs, and that's why they felt like he could go to, go to Houston. I need more of this from Sean and from others <laughs> about Andrew Vaughn because I'm a buyer. I'm a, believer. I'm a huge fan of his style as a hitter. I love the way that he controls the strike zone, and that's something that I feel like is missing that's kind of carried over from last year. I'm sorry, you say you wanted to hear more about Andrew Vaughn from Sean. <laughs> Let's say we only have an hour. Right I mean, there's only so many minutes in the show. <laughs> yeah, hey, JJ is saying Sean's narrative pushing Andrew Vaughn is funny. So, hey, I appreciate it. Um, it is. We, it, did, it felt like you really wedged it in there today. <laughs> but well, I, I mean, we just mentioned that, uh, again, that, uh, you know, we were talking I, about best hitters on the team, and he's, he's done well he's so far. Yeah. Right. Robert, and, Robert and Vaughn have been fine offensively. They have been. I'd like to see home runs. I, I get lie. what you're saying, but I don't put this as a Vaughn versus Abreu thing because I think you can have both. You could add both. So you could have the Vaughn numbers and you could have the Abreu numbers. And I know he's not doing No, because then Lloyd would be in right field and no one wants that. I mean, um, I would he, rather have him than uh, that some bitch who was playing today. Whew, man. It's a tough goal, that, man. For but Gavin isn't that Ford. what Oscar Colas is for? I mean, It is, but he needs a blow every once in a while. He's a, a timeout. He's a young player, but still needs a blow. So, But again, is that not within the the – the landscape of 13 games is your backup players are going to have to play like Gavin, Gavin sheets. I mean, is, but this like, is Herb, Herb. But like mm-hmm. Gavin sheets isn't had to play today. No, but Oscar that, needed a day off. that's not uh, a Alberto uh, playing third base, you know, is just due to Yohan Moncada needing time off and, and the backup players. Moncada, Anderson and Aloy are all hurt. Yeah. They can't play in this game. Right. So that look at that. Look at it offensively and say, how are, how are the white Sox going to mount an offense that is capable of doing anything? They tried today, and the results said they really didn't because they only scored one run, and they only had, what, six hits? But uh, the answer that Pedro Grafol went with today, because apparently Colas needed a day off, was Cheats needs to be in there because he's hitting. Rondal, we'd like to have his bat in there at DH if he's not catching. You're not taking, you know, you just sing Vaughn's praises. You don't want to take him out of the lineup to have Cheats play first base if you put Romy in right field maybe he's more capable as a defender but your lineup gets uh, significantly worse so I mean Grafol can only do so much here you know what I mean he can only do so much when these when he's got three guys who are supposed to be soaking up so many at bats and so many innings in the field with the exception of Aloy uh you know he's unable to use them today he's gotta he's gotta do something he's gotta feel the team that was my problem (laughs) that with Grafol it's with the front office in the call-up of Sosa you already have plenty of middle infielders to cover yourself you need an outfielder for the dearth of people out there and if you're going to give people in the outfield a day off you don't truly have a fourth outfielder so you need somebody from the minor leagues to come up here to get those at bats and to man right field that almost i mean didn't cost you the game because you know you get the linen sosa home run in the ninth but that's a huge thing that you can't trust the guy in right field to catch a routine fly ball but, I mean, Lenin is best man up, right? I mean, that is why Lenin Sosa I, gets called up. I mean, also, they're probably consulting Pedro on, hey, what do you need when, you know, Tim Anderson goes down? Their starting know? shortstop is who got hurt. So now their, second base, their starting second baseman becomes their starting shortstop. Their backup 
player, Romy Gonzalez, who plays everywhere, has to play Benzo second base. base. Maybe Alberto falls into that mix as well. But they need another backup infielder. That's why they called up Sosa. I mean, listen, they they made the they made the opening day roster with a bunch of healthy players. They weren't like, oh well, we can't we can't you know we we have to go with Romy as the fourth outfielder because. Billy Hamilton's hurt and Victor Reyes is hurt and all that. No, they picked Romy Gonzalez over those guys who were healthy. They they decided that they were going to be fine with Romy Gonzalez as their fourth outfielder and mixing Gavin and Eloy in there a little bit. You're seeing now from Gavin Sheets, who's made one start in right field and made one really bad-looking play in right field, that maybe that's not a very good idea. But they're handcuffed offensively at the same time too. It's not an envious position to be in. The idea is that hopefully starting on Friday, they won't be in that position anymore. Again, like Oscar Colas is on the roster for a reason. And most time he will be getting starts versus right-handed starters. I mean, just Gavin, I think had the the experience against gray. And again, he's been playing Colas a lot. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was a weird decision from Pedro. Like I'm not so far. I'm fine with Pedro Griffal. It's, you know, Not by I, Pedro. I, it's a weird decision by the the White Sox. I still contend that he's. You got to have if you're gonna have that outfield, you got to have somebody replacing one of these three because you're off injured team. If one of those guys get injured, who are you putting out there? Gavin. If center fielder gets hurt, you got to move Oscar over to center, and then you're gonna put Gavin Sheets in right. This, it's a flawed lineup they had. A flawed twenty six man. It does. Because they have a bunch of middle infielders who can serve it. I know Tim got hurt, and that's the the shortstop. But you have Hanser, you have Romy, you have other players, Elvis Andres. You have a bunch of players that can fill in the middle infield spots to 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 you know be fine. And they're major league players at those positions, so you're for the most part going to be fine. If one of the outfielders go out and your choices are Gavin Sheets or Romy Gonzalez, that's a tough go. Well, to your point, Herb, I think it's difficult when you look at the forty man roster. You got to make a decision if you want to add guys like Jake Marizic and, and Victor Reyes because those are the next men up. Yeah, we're talking outfielders. There's not a lot in Charlotte right now, and Zach Remillard is somebody who's been in the White Sox system for a long time. He's also been a utility infielder playing a little bit of first base, but outside of that, I don't see a realistic option. Did you mention in, Hamilton? In, oh, Billy mm. Hamilton, of course, too. Billy Hamilton, but what you're looking for. A replacement for the production that you're losing, say, Gavin Sheets isn't in the lineup, right? You're looking for something that can kind of, kind of supplant what you're missing. And the White Sox don't have a lot of that in the immediate sense, in AAA especially. you got a lot of cast-off future big leaguers who have been you know, journeymen. And, again, if you want to make a decision, and it, it's hard because you're balancing the, the amount of injuries that they're dealing with right now. But if you're going to call up a Jake Marisnik, you got to make a move on the 40-man you got to add them, and who are you going to cut? And I commend the White Sox for cutting Jose Ruiz and getting rid of Leary Garcia because it made the most sense for a competitive ball club. But they're just not there, Herb, like you're talking about, the immediate sense. And that's why, like on the Future Sox podcast, not to bring it no, to, to the thing, is like when we focus on this farm system, we kind of take it as a reset beginning in 2020. Mike Shirley takes over as the uh, scouting director, and then they have a new draft philosophy where they're not afraid of taking prep players out of high school, those who have suffered significant injuries on the pitching staff. That's part of the reason why they're struggling now. The timelines don't mesh. The farm system is developed. They're a bottom 10 farm system. They don't have immediate help. However, the big league club has invested its highest amount of salary in the payroll in right. the history of the franchise, yet they're not good enough, it seems, to realistically, now I don't want to dismiss it, but it just seems like this year is figuring out what's next. Because are they good enough to win a World Series? We're talking 13 games in. I think talent-wise, all well, all, all things go well, and they play to their upside, they absolutely can win the division, and they absolutely can make a run in the, off, uh, in the postseason. Mm-hmm. The issue is we know that everything doesn't go how you expect. And they don't have the backups right now. That's the concern that I have is the depth. So when I talk about what's next, look at this payroll and look at the names that are coming off the books. And I hate to look so far past this year, but that's just the feeling that I get is I have to the, – the White Sox are observing the way that the 2023 season goes. They want to be competitive, but then they also are realistic about their next two to three based on prospect projections 
and their salary and their budget. So that's where I'm at. And it's just frustrating to, to think that like a guy like Victor Reyes and Jake Marisnik are next men up when what are you going to get out of those guys? Yeah, Not much. Absolutely. And that's been a, a, a kind of a, a year, I mean, CHGO long kind of trend that we've been following is just depth. Like that's something that I wanted them to go out at the trade deadline and just go get a ton of. Like go get guys that could be next man up if someone gets hurt just because we saw so much of – uh, the key contributions in 2021 come from some of those players. You're right. You're right. And I and I think my answer today is the same as it was the first time you brought this up and every single time since. How? Because here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, my God, how is it that Yoan Moncada, this great third baseman, can get hurt and the best person you have to put there is Hanser Alberto? Like, do you want another starting caliber major league third baseman behind Yoan Moncada? That's no, impossible to acquire. The idea is what Mike said, that your farm system would be able to backfill that. And if, if the farm system is where it is, what do you want him to do? You want him to get in a time machine and go draft a bunch of different players? Like, I, it, it, is it a failing? Yes, but it's a, it's a failing that you can't just go out and fix by throwing right. money at it because right. the only players that you're going to be happy with in – "Quote unquote," backing up guys who get injured are guys who are starting major leaguers on other on other teams. Yeah, and I'm I'm less of saying you know they should be spending money on depth when I'm saying you know looking at the where they've spent their salary, it's spend you know not 38 percent of your salary on bullpen guys like the bullpen guys we've seen with Keenan Middleton. Go take flyers. Go go sign a, a ton of Victor Reyes's and Jake Marisnes. I mean, they Marisnes. did. They have. I know, but like <laughs> do more. Like I mean, Trace Thompson. Go look at what he's doing with the Dodgers. They and had how, him, and he wasn't very good. I know, but why is he good now? Ask the Dodgers. <laughs> I know, but but maybe that you know the Dodgers that's, are good. Everybody so would like I know, to be but the I mean, Dodgers. I, I, that, that's the thing is like uh, maybe maybe go hire more Dodger guys. Well, to your point, Sean, it's hard to find position players that are replaceable who you are comfortable with beginning the year in AAA and then also feeling comfortable that you can be up and down guys throughout the year. I think position players is difficult when it comes to the bullpen. Vinny, you touched on it. The White Sox, I think, have done an admirable job of doing um, or or solidifying a bullpen with a lot of up and down guys because they took flyers on names and they returned their rule five pick. But I like that strategy because you're not spending a bulk of your payroll on guys, right. Who are appearing in 60 some odd games a year. And I mean, they're volatile positions considering arms go down all the time. But when you have names like Franklin German in your minors and Gregory Santos, who can go up and down, it changes everything. And the way that they invested in their bullpen this year, I think, is commendable, and it's on the cheap. So you have competitive arms there. Well, let's take a break here because I, I can go deeper into this topic and, and we'll push it a little bit more. Um, let's take a break and let you know about pins and aces. I know our guy Steven uh, is very excited about all the pins and aces stuff that was just sent over. Uh, there's, there's a hat up there. A, a, yeah, there's hats around everywhere. There's a nice blue one over there in Kevin's office. I'm getting I, I think this is a boxing glove as well. Um, I got to learn more about the boxing glove. I'm uh, getting a polo shirt sent here. You're getting a polo shirt sent here. Very nice. Um, I, I know I'm going to go get the beer sleeve just because I continue to bring that up on uh, these ad just reads. Just going to walk around downtown with it. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> sling some beer. Yeah. You know, why not? Um, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. Our guy Stephen just consistently rocks his pins and aces gear. I know he's excited to get uh, his polo coming in or his hat. Uh, and they are a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and, again, our favorite, the beer sleeve. Um, I'm excited to get my own. Uh, an, invite, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep your drinks cold the entire round. Um, you got a 15-pack of Goose Island, right? Yep. And uh, you get two beer sleeves, seven in one, seven in the other, beer in a hand. Check out. Pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. Again, that's pinsandaces.com using the code CHGO. And this is beautiful weather, so go take advantage of it. You know, every single day you should be golfing, I think. Uh, also, want to let you know about DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I had a nice play today, uh, a little home run from Alex Bregman. Nice. Uh, the soccer plays are looking nice, and it is NBA playoffs time. Uh, tonight it's play in time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get on the excitement with every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Pick of the night is OG Ananobi over 15 and a half 
points in uh, tonight's game versus the Bulls and Raptors. Uh, since 2021, he's scored at least 13 in every game, and uh, he's been over 15 and a half uh, in, what, six of every eight? So good odds. That's a good trend right there. So go play that. Uh, plus, everyone could score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Cody gave one out on CHGO Bets earlier, so go check that out as well. Download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-327-505 or visit gamblinglinema.org in New York. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in Mo- Eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and specific state-specific responsible gaming res- gambling resources. Okay, we got two, three super chats. Thank you. Um, That's I need, for like, you, Sean, I need, for like, reading a, that so quickly. I need a Nailed potion it. to make me read it faster. You need a, you need to go to uh, uh, auctioneering school. Yeah. 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 Remember micro machines? Micro machines. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. Uh, I try. I try to be as fast as the micro machine guys, but I mean that guy is just—he's too excited about those My mini guy. machines. Uh, let's go to the super chats here. Uh, we appreciate uh, both Husky Bardo and Kevin Bryant for uh, sending these in. Uh, first, uh, Husky saying uh, sorry to those who actually thought this year was going to be different. This team isn't good at ball. Sick of hearing it's early. It is still early. Um, again, it's going to be early I, for a while. It is going to be early for a while. This could be the their worst three series of the year. I I I mean, like it's. I think it's extremely glass half empty to just say, ah, oh, they're done. I mean, of course like, it is. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. It's just, it's just the calendar. Just em- emphasizing yeah. it. I mean, just, like, yeah. there's three games out. I believe, <laughs> like it's not that bad. Right. It and, sucks that lost. Don't get me wrong, Husky Bardo. They're playing like crap, but they can write the ship real quick. That's and Mike says they have the talent. That's why we're frustrated because they're playing not to their talent, and it's very, very frustrating to have that effort you have from Lucas Giolito, and they still lose. Well, and we know the concerns, right? We we there's the same concerns as last year. When the pitching shows up, the hitting doesn't. When the hitting shows up, the pitching doesn't. But also, you know, what if they have a great June, July, August, September? You know, that you have four out of the six months, you're you're good. That that's that's good. Well, here here's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of putting it this way earlier today. I say this a lot, you know, that's why they play the games kind of thing. If it was just prediction and we predicted that they were going to lose, we could pre-record all this stuff and we could take the whole season, have a nice vacation. Go enjoy the weather. Go outside. You, you go wanna, enjoy the yeah, weather. You want to do shows outside. I do want to do shows outside. Steven. Steven. We need to work on being You're able to do shows outside. You're a bad chaperone. Take do us it, outside. <laughs> we can do it. It's just uh, kind of a pain in the ass. That's fine. Really hard. For who? Us? Me. Or, oh. No. Oh, we don't care about, about you. There, yeah. How's your we, arm? Still fine. twitching? No. Yeah, fine. Sean had you on the deathbed the last night. We're good. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> but my point being that, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And, and we all say, or, you know, you hear me saying all the time, well, this could happen. This could happen. This could. Because I don't know what's going to happen. If I knew what was going to happen, I'd tell you. And. We could uh, not even bother watching any of this. I would actually bet on DraftKings if I knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah right. If yeah. I had the, the although that's one of the rules of time travel, you're not supposed to do. Son that. of a well, bitch. Yeah, I was about to say, if, I, if I had the Back to the Future almanac, I'd say, I'd Biff, Biff made a lot of money. Yeah, but he was yeah. evil. That's he was fine. evil. See, you want to be like Biff Herb? He Come was. On. He was the protagonist of those movies. <laughs> wow, don't be like Biff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more uh, super chats though. Uh, another one from Husky saying uh, the White Sox July fire sale is going to be epic. Maybe. Hey, uh, you got it. shipping out Tim Anderson. I'll say this. Mike Mike, Mike painted a uh, kind of a frightening picture there for a lot of Sox fans when he's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking ahead past uh, this year kind of thing. That's it's certainly not what the front office wants. Who are you thinking of? (laughs) Was it Tim? You're talking about like moving on? Yeah. Is it Colson Montgomery and Tim Anderson? Well, Tim Anderson's coming close to the end of his contract. You got to make a decision there, of course. But I think... He's super talented, of course. So that's I'm not necessarily thinking about Tim Anderson. I'm not worried about that. I'm just thinking about the pitching staff. Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease is going to cost a lot. Michael Kopech's a concern. And I'm looking at the depth of the farm. There's going to be you, – you're going to have to have some leaps from some of these young pitchers over the next year plus. Sean Burke. For me to feel good. And Sean Burke is a guy, along with Matthew Thompson, that – 
you know, Chris Getz said that they were big league depth this year. And I kind of, you know, paused a little bit on that one because they need more work. They need more time. They need to prove it to me. So that's just kind of how thin they are in the bigs. But we're seeing Jesse Schultens, a little AJ Alexi action. Oh, what no. do you think? Did you, see, did you see his stat line? Who's that? Alexi. AJ Alexi? Yeah. He didn't, he didn't allow it. You're a not hit. pronouncing that correctly, Sean. Uh, AJ Alexi. Alexi. Um, did you see his stat line? It was the most re- recent outing. Oh, I got to get it, get it exactly it right. right to, to, well, to, to seven do it Seven walks, I believe? Oh, it was. In I like think an it inning? Was, I think it was not even an inning. I think it was uh, <laughs> yeah. a two thirds of an inning. Whew. He didn't allow a hit, which, Baby. mercy. Hey, Go uh, out there, that, that's good. Uh, sorry, no, it was one and one third. No hits allowed. Baby. Four earned runs. Not good. One strikeout. Here we go. Seven walks. God, Seven damn. walks. All right, we'll work Seven on it. Walks. It's like that minor league no-hitter. Yeah. He but Husky Bardo, I just, like, you feel the way you feel, man. You're not wrong. I After last year. Their slogans prove it. Pessimism is warranted, and you have the right to feel the way you are. But we're not there yet. We might get there. I'm choosing positivity this year. I'll see when it wears off. But you're not wrong. I'm not. We're, we might be saying different things than you are. Doesn't mean that you're wrong and we're right and the opposite too. Yeah, I mean, listen. You want to you want to be upset? Be upset. They haven't won a series yet. They're not playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't you can't uh, determine you can't you can't know how the book ends before reading it. Well, Kirk feels well, like saying. he does. He's got a super chat here. Uh, Crystal Ball is saying if they lose the series to Baltimore, they're sellers at the deadline already after after the April 15th series. Uh, they got Tampa, Toronto, Philly looming. Uh, put some cheddar yeah. on it. Yeah. Tim to the Dodgers. Schedule is hard. No doubt about that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't let up. And I mean, uh, there's a little bit of a break with Cincy and KC in early May. Mm-hmm. But then, hey, here comes Jose Abreu yep. uh, and the Astros. And, hey, here comes your first series with the Guardians. Like, it, it doesn't let up. There's no break with Kansas City. They've been dominating the White Sox lately. Well, that was because Pedro Grafol was there. That's enough. We got the secret sauce. <laughs> um, let's go to the other super chat uh, from our guy Kevin, though. Uh, who can you rely on this team besides Cease? Our roster is a mess. Our most important players are all injury prone. This isn't sustainable. I think that last outing by Michael Kopech tells you you could probably rely on him. The first mm. outing, you saw it. He was getting his pitches. He was tipping his pitches, and they were airing him out. And then he came against the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, and he shut them down. He did a really good job versus those Pirates. I think, ultimately, you could trust him. Lucas Giolito, what he did today, I think you could trust him. And Lance Lynn, the bounce back he had after giving up the three runs last night, and then shutting him down, getting 10 runs or 10 strikeouts last night. I don't think the pitching staff, the starting pitcher staff, is the problem. If they post, I think their numbers will be right. But the hitting has been here or there, but I think that's mostly because of the three guys who are out of the game right now. Is the 2023, 20, like, the biggest reason – or I mean, the biggest headline of the first 13 games of 2023 still not health? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. This team it is. still isn't healthy. And that's, and and that's, that's frustrating. And maybe I, that's it. It's extraordinarily frustrating. If, I if you would have told anybody that, uh, you know, in the offseason or even during the spring when the health news was so good, the reaction would have been the exact same as it is now. Here we yeah. go again. Here we go again. So uh, I think, uh, un- let's put it this way. I think a lot of people look at the things that I say and they're like, oh, you're overly optimistic. You're not watching the same game kind of thing. I'll put it this way. No, I, I don't think they've given you a reason to be optimistic. You know what I mean? I, I think both things are true. Like, yeah, it's early. You can't write them off yet. But also, it's early. They haven't given you any reason to believe they're going to win. They, they, you know what I mean? They, they haven't done any. They haven't done. They haven't any put of it that. together. They have I mean, not put it together. And but it, it being it being early, which y'all are hating to hear so much, goes both ways. It's it's too early to write them off, but it's too early to say they're going to be any good either. Well, and I, I think Wayne saying you know team made a glass. I think that's a little unfair, at least for the twenty twenty three team so far, because the alloy. Injury, I would say so far that was overly cautious. He still stayed in the game and then was taken out and was reevaluated post game. And they're like, "Ah, oh, we'll we'll put you on the IL." But he was even saying like a day after, "I'm fine. I got I got pinch it today." Um, so I mean, it, they don't seem too concerned about Aloy. Seems like he should be able to be fine. And look what he did after the IL last year. He played all 84 games. Um, Yoan Mancata, he had the 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 back flare up in spring training. Played opening day, and he looked fine to start. So if Moncada comes back Friday, Saturday, whenever, and looks fine, I don't think there should be a ton of concern. They're managing his back. 
It's early April. And Tim I, was that already, should be fine. Tim was already working out today. Well, and Tim's working out today, but it, it was a contact injury, which makes that a lot better. It's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's not a non-contact lower half injury. If it was non-contact, I'd be freaking out. Like that's a very bounce back. You know, you, uh, you can bounce back from that injury fairly easily. So like. None of these have been death blows. Joe Kelly got injured on the, running out of a, a bullpen fight. Ugh. Like, th- there's no cause for concern either. Well, I, I wouldn't That's go that awesome. far. Okay. If, if Tim, if Tim, if Tim is out closer to that four week estimation than the two week, then you just lost your most important player for a sixth a month. of the yeah. season. That's a big deal. Um, but you're right in that nobody has. And I, I can't believe that, like, this is the sign of, uh, you know, it's the, the reason to breathe easy kind of thing. But the way the last two years have gone, it's applicable here. Aloy got hurt, and the timeline wasn't four, three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Luis Robert was out for months in 2021. Yasmani Grandal has missed months over the last two years. None of that has happened quite yet. I do think, again, you want to you wanna hold your breath for, uh, or you want to, you know, Clutch your pearls for Tim Anderson for a second. Go ahead, because if, if again, if it is the higher end of that month uh, of that estimation, four weeks is a long time to be without your best player. Well, and two, I think it would like going back to Kirk, where he's talking about you know the deadline. If if they're losing the series to Baltimore coming up, like it has to be at the deadline. I feel for them to truly call it, because when are they going to be at their fullest? When are they going to be at their their most 100%. Sean, there like, is not one team in baseball right well, now that can say they're going to be something fair. at the trade deadline. No, but no. Pittsburgh I, I know, Pirates no, could be in first but, place at the trade deadline. But my point deadline. is, too, like, I don't know if you can even write this team off because they're, they won't be at 100% until May. Because, I mean, Liam. I think someone brought it in. Liam, Garrett, like, that, those are two huge arms in the bullpen that's just going to make it easier to close out games if the offense isn't hitting. Hopefully, again, like the Tim, Yoan, and Eloy things aren't affecting them, and they're at 100%. Like, this team might not be at 100%, quote-unquote, like, until May. So we really might not be able to get a full judge on what this team is until then. So <laughs> as long as they're 500, tread water, uh, I- I'm all right. Ugh. Yeah, these two teams in front of them right now, the Guardians and the Twins, I don't think they're going to run away from the White Sox right now. I was impressed by the Twins. That pitching staff is pretty good, but, you know, if they're – off injured, and we saw Byron Buxton, whew, just a dumb play by Byron Buxton, running straight into uh, Lenning Sosa. You learn that rule in fundamentally little league. Do not run or don't obstruct the fielder from catching the ball, from getting the ball, and he just runs full speed into him. Not stop, not go around him, full speed right into him. And then his injury history looked like he landed right on his right shoulder. Hopefully the guy is all right, but they played with a team that was depleted, and still went out two out of three at a home series versus their main rivals. So I'm impressed by the Twins more than I would think I would be before the series started. So it's uh, they're not going to run and hide because that team is very flawed and not that good at all. Expectations by the deadline. I can't, even if the White Sox say like they're not as competitive as we thought they would be, I still don't see them selling. But you brought up Lance. I mean, he's got yeah. a club option after the year um, for $18 million. You bring up Lucas. He's right. going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. Like, you don't think if they're I just, whatever, you know, of three games under five hundred, four games under five hundred, they, 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 they trade They'd have to be way out Lance of yeah. or, or I mean, Geo? The thing about that is, like, I just can't envision this group calling it a season early. Because I think they're going to do whatever it takes to compete for as long as they can and say, hypothetically, they're out of it by July. That means if you're going to sell, you better get rid of somebody who's going to bring back a premium talent. And who, who is that going to be? Louise Robert, Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, those types of players. Yeah. The top, you're not going to touch the top prospects in your farm system because that's who you envision to be your future. But even then, like, I mean, Vaughn and Robert, aren't they like the most cost-effective like, players right that's now That's what I mean. Team? But I'm talking about like in terms of value across the league. What... How do other franchises value who you believe are your best players? And the White Sox simply overvalue their own talent. And I think it's held them back a couple of years, but also at the same time, I can understand why you fall in love with guys. I just, at the end of the day, I can't imagine that they're going to sell by July no matter where they are. And that speaks to a bigger thing, too. That would be Kenny and Rick saying, another rebuild, if you're going to get rid of players at the trade deadline. And that would be detrimental to their employment i would think so they would be like no cleveland and minnesota are within a certain amount we can catch them if we get x y and z and i would want them to do that because 
signaling another rebuild would be very detrimental to our mental health as White Sox fans and the White Sox themselves. Like that window shutting within three years would yeah. be very, very sad. And I don't know if some White Sox fans would continue on. It would be very hard to continue on to be a fan of that team where you've been told and since 2016, hey, we're going to have this contention window. And then in the middle of it, you're like, all right, that's it. Close. Yeah. I mean, important season. And, and again. And uh, I think what would help, say, like, I, I know uh, the core players are hurt right now, but if there was a buy-in to an approach at the plate, ugh, we're back at it. If, if there was a way that you're not getting yourself out so consistently – Maybe I'm just blind because of the last two years. It's it's just been early in the count. I mean, what, what have you know? I mean, getting yourself out. It's just a matter like certain individual players, Sean, like Luis Robert. I'm not touching with the plate approach. But then on the other side of the coin, you brought up Andrew Vaughn earlier in the show. That guy sees pitches, takes pitches, hits his pitch. I don't know if collectively the White Sox lineup is doing that, and that maybe is just, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of like blind early on to the season but that's the trend that I get is that this lineup doesn't have a consistent approach yeah I mean the the one things that we've been the one thing we were kind of monitoring over the offseason was uh Chris Johnson brought up a lot about the fastball seeing the fastball hitting the fastball um I don't know if we've really seen that we heard from uh the Andrews Vaughn and uh, Ben Attendee that they'd be looking to pull fly balls in the air we haven't seen that from either of them so far I mean Vaughn kind of hit a fly ball on that uh well, that Pablo Lopez double but that was that was more of a uh a very hard hit flare it felt like it was at the end of the bat so um, I saw sorry to cut you off there yeah. but when it comes to approach at the plate understand what the pitchers are trying to do to you I saw Alex Wood shut down this club and he's predominantly off speed I saw Sonny Gray today mow him down a lot of off speeds and then the bullpen arms that came in from the twins today a lot of off speed pitches so I don't know if that's if that's, you know, a, a scouting report from across the league, if this is how we can get White Sox hitters out, it's just I'm not seeing adjustments. And it hasn't been the case. You know, the consistent plate approaches haven't been the case over the last couple of seasons, and it's frustrating to me because I think you can get away with the talent that is filling in for the core players if there's a consistent approach top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, the, just to yeah. – the other point I was going to bring up was what you brought up with uh, Pedro about striking out. Um Kind of, uh, I, f- I forget exactly what he brought up, but I think it was just he's, he's fine if they, they are, are he doesn't he wanted them to be aggressive, right? Like that that was the the other point. So like I'm not too shocked that they're not striking out a ton. Only five strikeouts today, um, and kind of attacking early. We saw that with Lopez a lot yesterday. We saw that with Gray, 78 pitches uh, to the fifth inning. Um, yeah, I mean Pedro just kind of talked about uh, being aggressive. So. I don't know. I, that might yeah. be the approach that they're looking for. Um, Kevin with the super chat here. Um, is Matt Foster coming back to this team too? Was he supposed to be available to st- start the year? He had a forearm in March. He's hurt. He got hurt yeah. in spring training. He's in the IL oh. now. And any time you're dealing with a forearm, it's concerning. Foster's a quad A guy anyways, though. I mean, he wasn't, like, he probably wasn't going to make the major league team, right? That's another example of an up and down bullpen arm that they can absolutely get away with using. All right. Um, so there's your Matt Foster update. Uh, let's take a quick break. Let you know about Shady Rays. Again, a beautiful day outside in Chicago. It's been a beautiful week. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked so you can wear your shady race with confidence because they have your back as uh, long after your purchase and exclusively for our listeners shady race is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrace.com and use code chgo for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized shades try for your uh, try for yourself these shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand people again use code chgo for 50 percent off two or more pairs at, uh, of polarized sunglasses from shady rays also want to let you know about game time game time is our Fantastic friends. They bailed us out uh, last year when we were trying to get to the Cleveland White Sox series in mm-hmm. late September. Uh, we wanted to go to Steven and, and see the atmosphere for that Monday game. And uh, $11. So not only were they affordable, 
Not only all did in. we get them at yeah. the last minute, not, not not only were they all in $11, um, but they helped us right before the game. Uh, concerts, playoff games, events in your city. They have flash deals on last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have image of seat views, and they have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation pro- protection, and job loss protection. So... Make sure you download the app that has been downloaded by 15 million people. Create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first-time purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, And our friend, Southpaw, Vinny's wedding guest, uh, (laughs) was said to us by our friends over at FOCO, um, if you're looking for stuff for your man cave, if you're looking for sweaters, slippers, blankets, um, anything uh, that a fan needs to get decked out uh, with their fanhood. Uh, get fitted with the best sports gear around. Uh, again, hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's spring and baseball season. They also have Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, uh, bags, everything you need for a game. And uh, we also, again, uh, have these great set decorations. Uh, we had TA bobblehead there uh, as well in the Southside Sox uniform. So check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Um, Mike, I want to get back to some prospect talk. Um, Oscar Colas, again, we haven't seen a ton. It's only been 13 games, but what have you made of him at the major league level and especially last year in his first full year uh, in the Sox organization uh, bouncing all through those levels? Well, I'm impressed because he looks like a big leaguer and the White Sox envisioned him to be the opening day right fielder, I believe, based on the way they went about the offseason. And right now I think it's, it's going very well. And I say very well because he's not striking out a ton uh, and not swinging and missing and missing by a foot. So there's contact rate. He's got a strong arm. He's playing a capable right field. The thing that I guess I was concerned about is just how often will he be playing? Is he going to be in the lineup against left-handed pitching? And 400 plate appearances this year, you know, in between 600 to 400 plate appearances, I think is a massive win for a guy who comes stateside, performs for the first time in his first full professional year last year, uh, after missing a couple of years playing baseball with COVID and then in the international marketplace, they had the uh, the visa issue where he wasn't able to come stateside immediately once he was signed. So that kind of delayed his progression. He did play in Japan. So there's professional experience there, but just the ability to take on and take well to this type of like atmosphere and the competition, he's... He's checking all the boxes. This guy looks like a, a regular, a big league regular that the White Sox gambled on. And look, they're, they're savvy. International signing $2.5 million, mm-hmm. starting right fielder. So that's how the White Sox are doing their business. Yeah, Colas has looked great so far. Um, I don't know if you've gotten any takeaways from, from Colas, uh, but Gavin Sheets uh, being out there in right field kind of makes uh, Oscar Colas's defense look pretty good, especially that throw. I mean, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still loving the cutoff from – uh, Oscar yesterday and the throw by Romy to get the guy at third and even Lenin Sosa it was a close play at home the guy ends up scoring but Lenin threw a, just a rocket to try to get him at home uh, nice infield defense I mean at least that's been cleaned up that was a big issue last year yeah I think Colas is uh, impressed me more than I thought he would early in his career but as we know he's gonna have rookie struggles he's gonna swing and miss a lot I just want the power bat that we were promised so far. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of it, but I know what's coming once he gets adjusted to this league and gets comfortable with himself. But, yeah, we saw what Colas brings to the table when you have somebody who is not a right fielder out there and doing uh, what Gavin Sheets did today, so you get the appreciation for him. Remember, I said I want Colas down in AAA for another whole year so he can get another full year of being stateside and having professional uh, baseball here stateside. But the White Sox said he's ready, and, you know, through 13 games, looks like he's ready. All right, I got a couple uh, quick rapid-fire things, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Lenin Sosa hitting a home run today, 103-mile exit velocity on a 101-mile-per-hour uh, <laughs> pitch. Uh, what did we make of Lenin Sosa going deep today? Uh, if Yon Moncada's healthy and we see Tim Anderson come back, could Lenin Sosa be a, a, a stalwart here, and could we see Hanser be DFA'd if, if Lenin continues to produce? 
It's a good question. I think, I think that Alberto would probably have to keep screwing up, if that makes sense. Um, obviously, we heard throughout the entire spring how valued he is as a clubhouse presence. And then, Herb, there's always the thing you always say, if Lenin Sosa is up here to be the fifth infielder, is that doing him much good compared to what he could be doing uh, as an everyday guy down in AAA getting at bats and, and getting more seasoning uh, mm-hmm. as a starting player. So um, I don't know if you know there's a big push to clear a roster spot for the foreseeable future to just have that guy who could be part of your future uh, just you know getting to start once every few days. All right. Um, other quick thing for Mike pitching prospects you brought up Peyton Paulette he's been interesting oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it seems like they've been having a, a real clear idea of what they want when they're drafting players and when they're bringing people into the organization so I think that's a great point because uh, Vinny I think you can talk to this as well uh, Keenan Middleton uh, Gregory Santos they have history with Ethan Katz Ethan Katz has also helped develop Lucas Giolito's mechanical tweaks, and he's improved with you know the the command and everything. Just in his career, Ethan Katz is a big you know part of the success of Lucas Giolito, and I think it rubbed off on Dylan Cease because when we see the mechanical changes from Dylan Cease, it's very similar to what Lucas Giolito uh, underwent. So throw, I, throw Carlos Rodon in there too. Even that's a that's Jimmy another. Lambert. And, and there are there are guys. Davis that, Martin too, right? They identify stuff, and. That goes to the draft as well. And I mentioned Mike Shirley, but Chris Getz is a part of it. Uh, Kenny Williams is also a part of it. He's, he's involved more than you believe. Um, so credit, credit to their strategy in the draft because I, I commend them for doing it different from what we're used to. And we're thinking about, like, I always bring this up, like the names that they ultimately traded away when they were non-competitive while trying to be competitive you didn't really lose a lot um you could you could name a handful but we won't go through that now but in following 2019 they developed this this trend of or their willingness to like i brought up earlier take high school players but also they identify where they can spend their bonus pool money and attack so that's what they did in peyton paulette's case Paulette had Tommy John surgery in 2022, projected to go in the first round. They spent overslot in the second round to get him. And he looks like he is going to fly through the system because he's polished. And the fastball jumps out of his hand. You think about it, too. He finishes his 2021 season, gets into early 2022, has Tommy John surgery, doesn't pitch again until spring. This guy, I know you're rehabbing, but is getting stronger. Um, and a guy who was already polished coming out of college who was a projected first-round pick, you're thinking, if all things click, this is somebody who you can count on as early as next year. And that's a leap. He's going to be 22 in May, but I think I, that's how highly I think of Peyton Paulette. He's got a mid-'90s fastball and a curveball that has RPM numbers that jump off the page at you. So that's just one name. There are a number of starting pitchers in the, in the White Sox farm system right now that need to develop, they're young, but I think that's the plan moving forward. It's either you're going to move some of these guys for value in the immediate sense, or you're going to commit to developing players like Jared Kelly and the like. Yeah, and uh, I, I could geek out for a while, but uh, you know, we've already been going for an hour, so uh, we'll just yeah. end with Lucas Giolito's day, uh, kind of talking about Ethan Katz and you know connections. You know, we know Lucas Giolito and, and Ethan Katz have a, a long-term uh, relationship. Uh but that sounded weird to put it that way. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Lucas Giolito yeah. pitched six innings today. Allowed one earned run, five hits, seven Ks, two walks. Sonny Gray, five innings, no earned, three hits, five Ks, two walks. Uh, just to go through Giolito's day real quick, and Steven, you can flash the stuff. Uh, this is how he got it done. Threw his fastball high, threw his curveball kind of uh, really just away, um, kind of clipped uh, the edge of the zone a decent amount with his uh, his slider today, um, and he kept his curve uh, change up down, um, and, and he was really effective today. Um, you can flash the uh, other stats here. Um, the velocity was pretty up, uh, or normal at least for the fastball. The slider uh, about uh, a mile and a half, uh, and it was a, a really good pitch today. Um, you go to the uh, actual stats here, Stephen. Um, got 13 whiffs on 50 swings, 15 called strikes, um, and again, the slider, uh, four whiffs uh seven swings so that was a a really good pitch for him today uh adding the mile uh, adding the mile per hour uh seemed to 
help with uh, deceptiveness. Uh, but the Giolito fastball got uh, 33% out of the zone swing. Uh, so he was getting guys to swing at bad pitches. And it had an average, average exit velocity of 80.7 miles per hour on 10 balls in play. Um, so he just really did an excellent job of locating. Um, so if Lucas is going to be good, I don't know if he's going to be a strikeout guy anymore. But I saw 96. You did yeah. see 96. So give me that. Um, he was touching 91 a little bit in, in, that, in the late innings. But uh, uh, it seems like location is going to be the real key to his success uh, in 2023. And we'll see how he does. Uh, he got a good, got a good start, though. Um, and now everyone's had at least one good start. So we'll see how Clevenger does. On Friday, we have an off-day show tomorrow at 4 p.m., so make sure you join us live here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification button, and we got about 48 likes. Get over 50 for Mike. Welcome, Mike, in. Uh, it was great to have him on. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rankin906. He is the, uh, what's the Lead editor. Lead editor. I was going to say feature editor, but that's cool. Yeah, lead editor uh, and podcast host over at Future Sox. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Make sure you follow the uh, podcast at CHGO underscore White Sox. And thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. Go Sox.